Hi, and welcome back to the Flat Chat Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Scott. And today we are joined once again by... by Ross. And Christy. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello. How are you guys today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just glad I'm back by popular demand. Yes. I mean, in the last episode, I did say All that you would never be back. Uh, but yeah. but here you are. And here he is. It's almost like we just continually kept recording from the last episode. No, I've, I've, had, 42, I've had 42 emails this week, all asking for Chris yeah. to come back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm so popular. Well, thank you for coming back. Uh, I know you me. aren't as well rehearsed for the, the next three films that we're going to be talking <laughs> I, about today, Christy. No, but I, I, I was just thinking, it. by his own admission, he's not seen these films in ages. It's fine. He has well, seen been, them before, been, though, which is what's it's, important. It's been about like a year. Like I do remember them all pretty well. It's just like a few bits I will probably forget. It's and okay. you guys we're will probably help remind you. me. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. There's um, definitely a few bits that I've forgotten, and I watched them, like, last night. <laughs> <laughs> All three of them. You know? Yeah. Um, so just for our listeners, um, we are this week going to be talking about part two of phase one. Phase which, two. Yes, sorry, nope. completely ruined that. We're going to be talking about part two of phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so today's episode will cover Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Woo! The good half of phase two. <laughs> yeah, unlike yeah, last, yeah. well, yeah. unlike last week's episode where we Covered. liked one of the movies yeah. uh, out, of, <laughs> out of the three, um, this week I am more favourable towards most of the movies, with an exception to parts of Age of Ultron. We're, we're coming to that. But spoilers! <laughs> oh, you can't spoil the old episode, you can spoil the future episodes, not this episode. Sure. So, <laughs> we, we're going to kick off with arguably one of my favorite or one of probably all of our favorite films in the marvel cinematic universe and that is gardens of the galaxy yeah oh my god what a movie yeah you've been excited what for this, a film you? for sure because as i was saying last episode i was a wee bit tired of phase two and um, with those first three movies uh winter soldier was good but it just wasn't my jam especially at the time and i was sort of like falling away being like you know what people are getting marvel fatigue and for the first time, I think they're right. These people are probably correct. This isn't going to go on for much long. Well, it might go on for much longer, but I don't really care anymore. I'm going to tap out. And then, what? what is that sucker punch? It's Guardians of the Galaxy. And what an amazing, amazing mm. film. I watched this four times in cinemas, I think. I Damn. got it on DVD and I loved it. It was. Oh, it's just fantastic. James Gunn did an amazing job. Um, I love all the characters. I love the story beats. I love the comedy. I love everything. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was going to talk about the soundtrack. I think this is, it's not the first film to do it, but I think this film kind of revives films making albums. I know it didn't make any like original music, but it kind of revived movies selling soundtracks as like a standalone so like yeah. whenever you're going to like vinyl shops now, you always kind of see a, a like a, a section dedicated to like movie soundtracks, and I think yeah. Gardens of the Galaxy definitely played a it's part in that. It's such a yeah. good soundtrack. It, it, yeah, it's really good. And uh, the fact another... that it's all like yeah. 80s, 70s, 70s, 70s music yeah. um, <clears throat> is so nice because it's like the contrast between they're in. The, the space future like everything's crazy sci-fi <clears throat> fantasy yeah. blah blah and then you've got yeah. this like 
earth 70s music but it mm. also makes um so much um sense to the character of peter quill yeah. as well because yes. this isn't yeah. this isn't the guardians of the galaxy <clears throat> soundtrack this is peter it's quill's soundtrack, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. it's like a part of his character yeah. and i like how it's also kind of used diegetically like it's not just a soundtrack you actually like hear it in the film it's and the music that he's listening here. to yeah. not yeah. just yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. it's not it's not background music it is, it is what they're listening yeah. to yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say as well obviously it's a great soundtrack um, you know every single song is a 10 out of 10 and every single song fits in the soundtrack they've not just thrown in good songs because they're good they mm-hmm. they fit the vibe and, and stuff but also I like that they rested a lot of the story beats as well on the idea that Quill is so tied to this um like walkman player yeah. so obviously he goes back after breaking out of prison to return you know to retrieve the walkman from from mm-hmm. the, the big alien dude that stole it the big and the the present from his mum, which obviously turns out to be the soundtrack for the second film mm-hmm. this part of his the last part of his mum that he has that he's holding on to um is you know again as a part of this whole idea of Peter Quill's soundtrack of his of his Walkman player, super. That's such an awesome part of this film, start to finish. So I think this film is really good, but it's not in my top five. I don't Ooh, think. Super it's interesting. A big take. <laughs> yeah. Ross, which, you're fired. Which somehow that makes me the most negative person on this podcast. No, which is crazy be for the first Ross time is so one far. Of the most positive people I've ever met. I've I've got a, a yeah. I mean, within my circle, I don't know. I've everyone I've spoken to doesn't share the same opinion as me. But I've got my controversial opinion about Guardians of the Galaxy. As much as I love this film, number I prefer the second one. <sighs> oh. Which I've not spoken to somebody yet that agrees. <laughs> I don't know. I like the second one also, but I maybe it was just because I was so surprised by Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the su- how surprising mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy one um, is just fantastic. Because yeah. I remember leaving the cinema with Guardians of the Galaxy one. I remember leaving the cinema probably with a bigger smile on my face. But looking back on it, I yes. prefer Guardians of the Galaxy two to number one. Yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy so Scott, one. So Scott, I. Oh. I share the same opinion as you on that. Speaking of the fact that you've never met someone who shares that opinion, <laughs> I share that opinion. Whoa. All like this what time you said Ross. earlier. Scott, meet Ross. I know, right? Same body type. Ships in the um, night. <laughs> what, when, when this came out, like you're saying, it was like the perfect hangover cure for too many Marvel movies, mm-hmm. too many superhero movies. When this came out, it was like way out of left field. It was exactly what this universe needed to sort of kickstart it again. And when I came out of seeing this for the first time, I was like, oh, that's the best one. Then when I came out of seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I was like, oh, that was a great movie. But it wasn't anything touching the original. But in hindsight, having watched them both again, and obviously we're not talking about Guardians 2 today, but when we get to Guardians 2, there's a lot of stuff I want to say about that. Yeah. But some of the emotional beats that Guardians 2 hits, specifically for me as, as well, mm-hmm. um, but Guardians 2 hits on a lot of strings that I think mm-hmm. are absolutely spectacular that no other Marvel movie has ever gotten close to hitting. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. this one is great. It's a little bit long, I think. This could have done with being like 20 minutes shorter and a lot faster. 
that's you know sorry, where we that's super interesting because I on. the one thing I will I well at, at least from my point of view had about Guardians of the Galaxy was I thought the pacing was fantastic because there's that plethora of characters you've got to be introduced to and yep. again talking about how Marvel sets things up I thought they did a really good job on setting up all the characters and setting up their um, goals and you know their sort of character constraints and stuff so it's interesting to hear that you wish it was shorter and yeah. snappier because that for the first hour I think it's perfect like I wouldn't touch that first hour but when I watched this back like a, f- a few days ago um, obviously to, to talk about it today when it got to the final fight I was like alright hurry up you know which you know I don't know if it was specifically you know maybe at the time that I watched it maybe I watched it quite late and I was like oh I'm quite tired hurry up but it, it something about that sort of the the th- third quarter I guess I was like all right get get to it a little bit come yeah. on um and it, it made me a little bit impatient for the first half of the the big fight at the end mm-hmm. which again great fight they introduce a lot of a lot of aspects like those little funky starship yeah, things that connect really and make cool, the net so cool although um, I did think I always hate it when in a, actually it's not really in this movie. <laughs> it was a comment oh, well. it was a comment that i had about another movie but i guess it kind of applies when they introduce like a big shield sort of like defense thing and then it's instantly broken down oh you're they talking do- about thor dark world i'm talking about thor dark world you're talking about thor dark world okay, yeah this reminded me of it um because there's like the thing that goes over yeah, the, yeah. the castle yeah. and then it's like instantly knocked down but i guess in in a way it kind of happens in Guardians of the galaxy but they do hold mm-hmm. it for longer so i, I will yeah, i'll, I'll retract with- my statement there's nothing wrong with introducing a shield that then gets beat, like uh, Infinity War does it as well in in Wakanda. Obviously, that's that's jumping ahead quite mm-hmm. a lot, but like Thor: The Dark World does it bad. Guardians of the Galaxy does it really well. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. funky shield thing. Also, one big point that I want to talk about that specifically relates comparing this movie to the next movie is this movie's really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this movie hits the comedic beats perfectly. And I think that's like down to casting, film... which we need to probably yeah, talk about. And the right, really the good. jokes of in this film, the writing's fantastic. I'm not too sure how much of it was ad-libbed, but I think the actual writing of it is so well constructed. When Rocket is talking about need the guy's leg, and you see, <laughs> oh yeah, when you perfect. see Peter Quill in the prison, then discuss with the prisoner that he needs his leg to <laughs> escape. And he's like, "You need my what?" And like, it's just it's so well. And then done. he's like, and then later he's like, "I need that guy's eye. Yeah. Uh, I really need it." <laughs> and I and I just remember, I remember being in cinemas and like laughing hysterically at the whole leg bit. Anyway, but it's when he brings it back to Rocket, and Rocket's like, "I don't need the guy's leg." I just thought it'd be fun. To see. What did he look like hopping around? And yeah. me and my mate yeah, what did he look lost like? it at that point. <laughs> we were, I had to transfer twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting there thinking this is the best movie ever at that point in time it was just that was such a good sort of beat to hit yeah but My speaking about the cast, the cast for sure. <laughs> oh for sure yeah um like chris pratt is obviously in this film yeah. bradley cooper's in this film batista's yeah. really funny yeah, yeah. Batista. Oh, oh, this may be the first time that i so saw him be funny has batista been in uh any films before guardians of the galaxy uh, probably not as big as not this. really yeah 
No, not definitely really. not as big as this, no. and definitely not like comedic roles. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like before this, he was just known as the big guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like for a couple of years after this, he was also just still known as just the big guy. Like he's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. At the beginning, he's the farmer guy. Uh-huh. But then in the in the last couple of years, he's done a couple of like spy movies, he's like James Bond, Stuber. Yeah, he was yeah. in James Bond. Uh-huh. Yeah, but James Bond again is the is the big yeah. guy. But he's done a couple of like comedies recently, and I feel like he got those off the back of being that funny as Drax. Yeah, just Drax very, is an interesting character well because he is very dry. Yeah, in terms of like he doesn't know he's being funny, but he's obviously just funny. Yeah, um, well, he's kind of like yeah. he's. I I personally see Drax as sort of Thor pushed to his absolute limit. Yeah, a big yeah. blue yeah. scarred Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's yeah. your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, Christy? I, it's, yeah, as you say, it's like a breath of fresh air. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I think it does kind of maybe kind of save the second phase, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. It's a very mm. different film from all the rest. Like, um, someone had to, t- like, again, as I said last time, I wasn't huge on the MCU at the time so someone had to tell me it was going to be incorporated at the time i was like well, what was it? Is it i thought it was just like a standalone film at the time uh no it's very funny it's got a lot of elements i really like like the soundtrack it's really funny i think mm. see even the opening intro if you just watch that alone you're just gonna think oh this is gonna be like a really serious and really sad film because mm-hmm. you get snatches on his, yeah. his mom's on her deathbed and he gets yeah. abducted and then i think when it does go to the next scene, which is him in the cave. singing and dancing, you're like, ah, okay. Maybe yeah. it's not as dark and funny. But, you know, it, I think that shows On... how the variations of emotions it has in it. Like, it can be sad, it can be funny, it can be serious. Yeah. Yeah. It goes well. That... Yeah. It's very versatile. I have a film. super weird story about how that intro matters so much because the first time I ever saw this film, uh, I was late to the showing, mm-hmm. and I came in as the Marvel credits were rolling. So my first scene for the first time I ever saw it was him um, dancing and kicking the <laughs> the uh-huh. rats and stealing the thing. And then I was like, oh, that was a great movie. And they were like, oh, uh, what did you think about you know how they opened it? And I was like, oh, it was really funny. And they were like, it's really funny. <laughs> and I was like, died of cancer? Yeah, it was funny. It was hilarious. The whole emotion and they were like, of the flight. Like, with the, mu- the mum dying. person. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. Sh-. So then the next day, I went with my friend and, and we, wa- you know, we watched it. And I was like, oh, no. I said it was really funny. This <laughs> <laughs> time was big enough. Is this really, really comedic scene? <laughs> no. Um, great intro, though. You know, great step to the character. Again, I feel like I opened this up by saying, like, oh, I didn't really like it as much as everybody else. Sounds like they like it. I love this movie. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. funny. It's really well done. Again, the soundtrack, I've listened to that soundtrack probably more than I've listened to any film soundtrack ever, mm-hmm. and I'm a big film soundtrack guy. It's just great. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's not the highest up my list just based on on, on a personal opinion. On, you know, because you love like I, Captain like America I like the, so much? I like, I like the Captain America brand of, of Marvel more than I like these super out there versions but again this is still a fantastic film yeah and can we as scottish people just talk about karen gillen for a second because oh yeah um, of course we can as nebula uh 
good Highland representation there for yeah. us Highlanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a we've got a liker, don't we? <laughs> because we're from Inver- Inverness. Yeah. That's where I was born. You got back your you got back your uh, you got back your Scottish brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I she's unrecognisable. That's probably the first thing to say. Well, yeah. it just shows how good I the makeup say, is in this yeah. film. Yeah. I was gonna say a strong a strong ginger as well, but she's definitely bald in this film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's uh, blue and bald. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But talking about uh, Nebula, what's everyone's sort of favourite character, I guess, from Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Groot is my favourite. Mm. Uh, Big British guy that doesn't that... speak much, just looks nice. He's a, Classic tre- he's a tree. Definitely. I like trees, what can I say? <laughs> Definitely the boring pick, but Peter Quill. I'm always. That Star Lord is. I, I, I always. My... Yeah, I always pick the protagonist because I'm a loser, but. Peter Quill specifically, I think he's very funny. He's a great protector. He has the, he he's just childish and ridiculous and stubborn enough that it's hard to root for him, but you do. Like, there's a lot of times where he does the wrong thing, especially like when when it goes into the second film as well. But he's still funny and and charming enough that you. Well, I think like, that's, there's no option but to root for him. He's a lovable rogue in terms of, like. Even in the little things, he doesn't doesn't have to speak to people. But if I saw somebody kicking small animals in real life, yeah. I would hate them as a person. <laughs> but it opens yeah, up with that, and because the film's framed in that animal abuse is funny, it is a really funny scene. But when you actually think about it, yeah. you're like, this guy's a dirtbag. They're bag. gonna but eat the, him. But the well, they're not at all. Uh, but the point <laughs> is, though, it shows that he develops as a character. So it's all about development with Peter yes. Quill. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, in the next film, he's well. Like, that's the thing. Feeding them. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he nurses them and stuff. Nurses them back to life. <laughs> he actually killed all their mums, so he has got to find the puppies. No, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I really like um, this idea of Peter Quill developing as a character. In the first one, there's a lot of issues there. But that's brought up and it's kind of addressed. And in the second one, oh my god, he develops into like a really powerful person. Yeah. Um, in terms of just emotionally, yeah. emotionally, he's brilliant. But my favorite's probably Rocket. Because Rocket of those and Groot are such a good duo, and I forget every time how much of an emotional beat yeah. they actually bring because their relationship, yes. um, it just pulls at my heartstrings. You know, especially when Rocket has a little breakdown of like, uh. I didn't ask to be made like yeah, I didn't yeah. be asked to be yeah. taken apart and put back together and become this monster and and the fact that Groot just like yeah. Groot will save Rocket from anything no matter what yeah um and also how how is Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper the voices of them I can't hear either of them in it like oh, their voice acting is so good in it see, but see what's interesting see if you see if you watch Iron Giant Vin Diesel's mm-hmm. the voice of Iron Giant and it's just Groot. <laughs> Apart from he says different rock tree, <laughs> so, he's just saying I am Groot yeah, as well. Pretty much, yeah. Hey, Christy, who's your favorite? Who's your oh, favorite character? I would say Drax. I just think he's really funny. Uh, I think mm. he's done really well. He's so dry, but I think mm. how all of us have different favorite characters. I think it just shows yeah. how well done the casting is. I also uh, really like Yondu. Yeah. I didn't yes. like Yondu in the first one, but second one. I think it's oh probably probably because I know. Second one is yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think what, you, you're of course meant to like him a bit more in the second one, but in the yeah. first one he's a bit more of a scumbag. But I, yeah, I really like what's his name? Uh, oh, I forgot the actor's name. You know, he's who I mean. Marilyn, Michael Rooker. Uh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. yeah, I think he was a really good choice. This is he's why just I wrote a, down he's all just a, Yeah, we actually did research well. Captain yeah, research. He's just a cool guy. 
I think. Yeah, no, I yes. think I loved Yondu's weapon as well. See that arrow? Yeah, yeah it whistles. Uh-huh. That's oh, one yeah. of the coolest things I've I ever seen. I think that's why seen. I like him. And, yeah. No, I like when I say I don't like him, I just mean as a guy, like as a person. But I love him as like a villainy guy mm. in the first one, where I like him as a hero in the second one. It's funny because he's not really a villain. You know, like in the first one, he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you kind of want to avoid him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. he's a, he's an interesting he's... character, and I think it's definitely the yeah. knowing how he is in the second film. Big spoilers again. Um, that make me like him more when I rewatch the the first one. Yeah, um, but yeah, Groot Groot's my favorite. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think, but again, For I think me. all these characters are fair. Like, I even like I like Nebula in this film as well, and I also um, yeah, I think the only character that really fails is um, the villain Ronan. Ronan Lee Pace. Mm. A Ronan, Ronan, the accuser. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. just he's boring, isn't he? He's boring. He is boring. He's just very serious. I like his big yeah. hammer. But I don't. Yeah. I think as well because yeah. he's just like an introduction uh, to Thanos so again. This yeah. is the first time we see Thanos, which I think is that uh, right? No, not the first time, but it's the first time we actually not, see him speaking. Not the f- yes, Thanos. the first yeah. time we see him like properly interact with people. Um, mm-hmm. Ronan, in comparison, just seems weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I guess he do- he does a lot of stuff like. He is the first person to fully utilize uh, an infinity stone, but like properly, not just like oh, it's a scepter, oh, it's a cube. It's like oh, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna wield this thing yeah. properly. Um, which again, it, it's a good setup, but I think going back to my problem with the the second half's pacing, I don't think he's an interesting enough villain mm-hmm. to sort of carry that that second act and then into yeah. the big battle and his motivations a lot of stuff are where... weird i think it's like he yeah, really wants the, to destroy the Cree. no mm-hmm. he doesn't want to destroy the Cree. he is yes. working with the Cree. is that right yeah no he wants to destroy the Cree. no he wants to destroy the Cree. yeah the Cree are the yellow people the people that are have they? the starships mm... i don't think they are okay cat i could be wrong <laughs> No, no, Cat's correct. The Cree, the Cree are Ronan. Yeah. I hate when Cat's What's right. It's like Xandar, is that right? <laughs> I hate it when Cat's He wants to destroy yeah. Xandar, that's what it's called. Ha ha, yeah. I am well a big Kat. nerd. Well <laughs> yeah, he hardly watches um, the film. No, I knew he wasn't part of the Cree because there's a guy that's in uh, Captain, um, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel who's from the Cree, and Captain Marvel's from the Cree, and he's with Ronan in the... There's a little tidbit for you. If anyone had noticed mm. that, um, but the yeah, the fact that he wants to like destroy Xandar is like a little bit like, okay, why? It because he's just a bad uh, guy. It's just it's yeah. deep political stuff, but because we don't. But they don't s- explain it. Yeah, and and I guess what James Gunn was going for is we, the focus wasn't on the villains; it was the character meshing no, together. You're, you're, you're right. So okay. I think in in a weird way they kind of sacrificed the villainy plot for. How are these characters getting along together and building up those emotional yeah. beats? Yeah. And the fact that they, the only reason that they end up together is because they all go to jail. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about this film, and I, I think this is true, but James Gunn penned a trilogy of Guardians movies. Mm-hmm. So Guardians mm-hmm. Galaxy 1, 2, and 3 were all conceived at the same time, at least to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, that I think that shows in how well this reflects in Volume Two, 
and I'm really in, I'm super excited for Volume Three when that volume comes out. Volume Three is like gonna have Thor in it most likely years. as well because <laughs> yeah. uh, Thor's with them yeah. after um, Endgame. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any final thoughts? Because we've talked about this movie for 25 minutes so far. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> really good. Just that it's just that it's very good, and also uh, it only occurred to me where we were talking about it how much baby Groot dominated every shop and mm, every mm, comic con yeah. market stall that year um because obviously there's that end credit scene where yeah, baby dancing. Groot's dancing in the little pot and and drax is trying to catch him um but i remember going to comic con a couple of months later and every single stall had like five baby Groot drawings or stickers or little statues and little figures and the pop figures were everywhere and you know uh just so interesting that 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 smaller detail of such a big epic film was so polarizing at the time they love him they go mad for baby <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough though i love groot as a adult but i'm not as fond of him um when he's like a baby and teenager i really like uh-huh. teenage but i again, agree jump into future films but i love teenage groot but i just feel that baby group was almost like um oh it's difficult he's a baby yoda and he's just there for being cute well i I think so but then we'll come to it in in guardians yeah right let's move on to well thumbs up first oh yeah we'll we'll do our thumbs up patented patented thumbs up so if if just to remind our listeners no we don't do we need to remind them just to remind them them, uh ross has come up with an amazing (laughs) thumbs up thumbs down scale so it's very so special scale it's basically if we like it or don't like it I have the power to go two, but I'm going to say one oh. thumbs up for this film. Yeah. Christy, what would you say about I'm this film? Sorry, guys. I'd, I'd say I'd give it the biggest thumbs up. I could, I'd say it's three. It's three the biggest one. Remember when Christy gave no, in the last two, episode two. a big thumbs three down thumbs. and his thumb yeah. grew? <laughs> two sizes it, longer. It, it, it well, I'll long. give it a three because my thumb is going to grow for Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's, <laughs> it's one of the best Marvel films <laughs> Just like Groot's arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. it's a double thumbs up for me. And I, I, so far out of all the films we talked about, it's my favorite Marvel film. Yeah, I. But this changes a lot in Phase Three yeah. because Phase Three knocks out the park. But yeah, mm-hmm. so thumbs up for me. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving on yeah. to a film that may not get all round thumbs up. Sorry, I'm I'm applauding your good link, Kat. Yeah, it was a great link. Thank that you. Was, yeah, thank you for good. ruining it by clapping and talking about hey, it. You ruined my link last week. So. <laughs> um, so Avengers: Age of Ultron. Who wants to have their opening mm. statement on it? Christy, go. I I would say like I think this is the only kind of Avengers film. It kind of feels like a filler. It it doesn't yeah. feel like it's yes. overly important to the overall story. Um, and I think it's kind of one of the first films. You know how they kind of get into that kind of humor i don't know what kind of humor you'd call in the later films but that's when he kind of yeah. starts doing it when like they all kind of jest with each other uh I there's think more lot... banter for sure between yeah. the avengers but i think it's underwhelming as an avengers movie yeah so yeah i would describe this film as unfunny oh really going back and to, going to how i felt about guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. yeah i'm a big comedy guy i'm a big light-hearted guy i'm a big I don't like serious stuff. I don't like sad stuff. I don't like scary stuff. I'm a co- I'm a comedian driven viewer, and this film annoyed the life out of me watching it. Uh, I watched it like yesterday or two days ago, something like that, and it's not funny. It's just not funny, and 
every single character has quippy one-liners. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, it's like if everybody has them, no yeah. one has them. Like Someone has to be the straight Yeah. No one is. Like, yeah. Uh, Ultron keeps making jokes. He's like, oh, oh, well, I didn't even know. You know, oh, oh what are you talking about? Oh, oh, was I not supposed to do that? Oh, it's like, nah, just, just be big, scary Ultron dude, you know? Well, that's, Stop trying to that's interesting you said that because I actually <laughs> liked Ultron um, as the as the single being. I think he's a really compelling villain, but he m- surrounds himself in like paper villains. Like he's All the, the least weak robots, yeah, he's yeah. the least threatening threatening guy in throughout the Marvel. Like he's not very destructive. Okay, he lifts up so- Sokovia, which is really cool. But as a person, we don't see him cause too much damage. No. Mm-hmm. I think they they messed it. Like, the idea... Again, the, see if you take out that first fight scene, because this film also has, I think, the worst CGI of all the Marvel films. And I this isn't just a thing that, oh, it aged bad, because Iron Man still looks good, Avengers still looks good, Captain America still looks good. But I remember being in the cinema watching this and thinking, oh, that doesn't look good. <laughs> That first fight scene, they're just bouncing around. They don't look like they have a weight. You know, they the just don't snowy. look right. Yeah. In the forest. The snow scene, where it, it ends with a bit where they all jump at the same time. And that single beat is fun. And it's got the language part from Captain America. But there's so much of that fight scene that I'm like, this looks like it, it isn't finished. Um... And then when you take away the action, because again, it does this sequel thing where it tries to just do the same set pieces but more, like Alien to Aliens, mm-hmm. just throw more aliens in there. They try and have that big moment from Avengers 1 where they're all in a circle, but they do it in the church and they're all there's more of them and they're fighting more stuff, you know? Which is rubbish. Um, those moments don't work. Yeah, they're really underwhelming. the comedy doesn't work. I f- completely forgot about the, the Iron Man Hulk fight. It's... It's quite forgettable. Oh. But there are there are specific parts of this film that I like. I love the scene where they're sitting around the table seeing who can lift Thor's hammer. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favourite Marvel scenes ever. It's so up there. It so just sets the tone for the film because obviously that sets up Vision being able to hold it. And yeah. they're like, oh, he's clearly sound. And they're all just friends. They're all just guys sitting around having beers it's a great moment and again Ultron had so much potential Mm -hmm. as we've seen Tony Stark go from weapons developer to superhero that's super cocky and he feels comfortable telling everybody he's Iron Man to he's scared about dying he's scared about space he's having panic attacks and now he's got to the point you know he had the moment where we thought he was going to get rid of all the suits Nah, he can't do it because he's too scared. He wants to put a suit of armour around the world and he invents artificial intelligence. And the AI turns bad and it's this mirror of himself. All of this sounds so cool, so why is Ultron so lame? Yeah. I don't understand. You know? It's just lame. I was going to say, this movie, um, the one thing I think it does do is it sets up what happens in start of like phase three quite well in terms of civil all war this, yeah all the sokovia yeah. stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. um the the kind of having to 
you know it's it lifting up the world and dropping buildings on people is really comes to to bite tony in the ass later well, in civil war and um well my the team. my thought is and i've got no basis on whether this is true or not at all but my thought is that they they had the sort of the script idea down for civil war but they just needed a means of creating a catastrophe big enough to make civil war happen so yeah. they just went oh in Age of Ultron, we'll just make you know the whole Sokovia thing. Just gonna lift thing. up a country, yeah, or like yeah. a small yeah. part of a city. And, I, and I know they're smarter than that. They've obviously penned out this a bit different. You know, they've obviously thought of this a lot better. But it just feels like that, and that's a shame. <laughs> and as Ross was saying as well, Ultron should be cool. He's a big robot that yeah. makes more big robots, and he's a mirror image, but evil off of. He's like negative version of Iron Man. Yeah. Why is that not cool? We so we yeah. have um yeah. we have some new characters introduced here. So we've got Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff and Aaron Taylor Johnson as Quicksilver. Uh to be honest, I don't really like either of them. Quicksilver yeah. is so is is rubbish. I wanted so to like him because boring. the actor was in one of my favorite childhood films, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Uh which is Oh, like... he's in he's in Kickass <laughs> as well. He's huh? Kickass. Yeah, yeah. Um so I wanted to like him, he? but he's just so rubbish. And Wanda, even through the rest of the series, I just don't care about her either, which I think is a maybe a, a controversial opinion. No, I think that. she gets better throughout the films. I think in this one she's yeah, a bit weaker. Definitely. I think definitely in the later films she but grows as a character. Also as well. I still don't care in the later ones, which is why I'm, yeah. Aaron Taylor-Johnson as Quicksilver is, if you just watch this movie and you didn't know anything else, is a bit boring, is a bit lame, is a bit like, oh, what, what they try to do, they try to make him this like cocky, oh, he's a quick guy, so he's, he must be quite slick, which doesn't work, but it's one of the only instances where Marvel lost to another franchise. Yeah. In terms of, it came out at the same time as, like, Days of Future Past. Yeah, no, it, was, so it, was, it, was, it was first class, first class. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, um, Quicksilver's not in first class, is yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He's so, he's entry. No, no, it's days, no of, it's days of Future Past. You're thinking about the scene when he. That yeah, when he does the kitchen scene. scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we're all thinking yeah. about. It. We oh, just... okay. Sorry, Ross. It's you were right. That's, that's next one. Yeah. He was a lot cooler version. Um, yeah, he is so much yeah. cooler, and I wish yeah. they'd done that with him. Yeah. yeah. But alas, and you know no. they do, they do a couple of scenes in Age of Ultron where you see time slow down, like when when Quicksilver grabs. Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, and, and it pulls him away, and stuff like that. And again, that's well set up from that first scene with the where they're all sitting around trying to pick up the hammer. But then, Days of Future Past has Quicksilver running around the the room and yeah, you know, manipulating all the objects and, and having a having a good time. And it's like, oh, Quicksilver should be this funny, light hearted character, but instead they needed someone to be the sad, twisted twin that was developed in a creepy foreign lab who we're gonna kill off so we'll just make it quicksilver but that means that he has to be sad with a an ambiguous foreign accent you know (laughs) even though aaron taylor johnson is like the most american sounded in the whole world you know i it feels like wasted potential he's american sounding he's british though did they ditch did they ditch is he british 
Yeah, um, so Scarlet Witch in the future films has a more American accent. Yeah, she, her accent sure. disappears slowly. They've like, yeah. um, but in in Civil War, she's still got the Russian yeah. accent. I'll say, was Scarlet Witch's was her accent like was it passable? Like, did they did they get rid of it because it wasn't too good? I think they just Westernize her. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Um, but we also see. Andy Serkis as Claw, which we later then yeah. see again in uh, Black Panther. But yeah. just shout out to him because he's great. Yeah, I, that he's whole Wakanda great. scene. I th- <laughs> well, sorry, it was in in I think it's Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But the mm. whole scene of talking about Wakanda and talking about vibranium. Yeah, and it's the first Andy relation to that there, world. And then, to me personally, the Hulk Iron Man fight was one of the best action scenes in the whole film. Ross just said it was forgettable. I know, that's like, why. Listen, like, and that's fine. A bit of no, said it, which is fine. But... But, no, but that's the thing. It is the best action scene in the film. But it's still forgettable. Yeah. Like, I forgot that it ha- like that it occurred in, in this film. Right. Um, But I st- if you ask me what's the best action scene straight after watching this film, I'd be like, oh, probably Iron Man fighting the Hulk. The Hulkbuster fighting the Hulk. That was quite good. That was but a big advertising point for the film. Yes, because yeah. obviously, in Iron Man three, one of Tony's what like forty seven suits or whatever, is the suit that holds up the structure, um, at, at the oil rig thing. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like what the traditional comic variation of the Hulkbuster looked like, and everybody was like, "Oh, we saw the Hulkbuster finally," and they were like, "No, just stop saying that. That's not what it is," <laughs> because they knew. Oh, Hulkbuster's coming out May next year. Please don't say Hulkbuster now. <laughs> and then obviously the Hulkbuster suit that is it sort of grows around Iron Man from the satellite launch thing Veronica, comes out in this film. Yeah, Veronica. And Veronica. And again, that whole idea is just because I was the, in my mind. I was like, well, obviously Hulk's just gonna tank this this suit. And it's like, well, if it's always replenishing, I just love that idea. That it's just always trying to mm. fix itself. Mm. Um, yeah, and I love that dynamic. One of the best beats of this film as well is this, like they specifically mention that Bruce Banner helped create that suit. Yeah, like he he was in the room creating the thing to stop himself when he goes too far. Super interest, like a very specific distinction that's very important. That it's not oh. Like the the big glass cage thing from the helicarrier in the Avengers was designed by Shield to stop the Hulk, but this was designed by the Hulk to stop the Hulk. Well, he does know? a terrible a job of designing it because he busts out of it in about three seconds. No, but that yeah, well, but he just helped design the whole system. So the whole Veronica system was designed by Tony Stark and yeah um, Bruce Banner. I think of the box so as well like the that, box but... thing they, they 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 build around them i think of that not as something that's supposed to stop him it's just given iron man enough time to get the suit on that's true you know like they Which know oh, we need to launch this from space or whatever the... he punches him in the face enough um <laughs> yeah yeah uh vision what do we think about vision because i again a bit i like, liked him a bit like i uh, love Wanda... vision I don't really care about Vision. Yeah, I just think he's all right. Yeah, like that's it. I, like he's fine. I think I really like him. Yeah, I'm, I agree with. I Ross. think I'm on team. Really like him. 
Well, me and Christy that, will that... fight you guys, and we'll see who wins. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's overly interesting. I know he's like supposed to be quite bland, but I was like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think he hasn't got anything, too much going for him compared to how I think Scarlet Witch gets better in the future films. I think the first scene of Vision might be the best mm-hmm. scene of Vision when he's created and he stares out the window in the Avengers Tower, mm-hmm. and he's doing his speech that he's like, oh, you know. I don't know what I am. I don't know. I don't know what side I'm on. Stop asking me to join your team. Yeah. I'm just on the side of currently, you know, no Ultron because he wants to destroy everything and he's wrong. Super interesting take that, yeah. you know, we as an audience always think of good versus evil and we're like, oh, well, obviously the Avengers are good and Ultron's evil. So if Vision's good, he'll be on their team. He's like, oh, no, it's not that simple. You know, let's take a moment. I do like how they incorporated. I think he's cool. Jarvis into him because it's nice for yeah. uh, Paul. What's his name? Paul Bettany. Paul. Something? Paul Bettany. Oh, he's great. Is that right? It's nice for him to yes. actually be able to act rather than just doing the the, the voice of Jarvis the entire time. So yeah, I was I was pleased for him, but that's about as as far as my excitement for Vision goes. Yeah, <laughs> and again, I remember I remember there was there was interviews when that film came out that people were like, "Oh, do you hate doing the makeup?" You know. Because it's like however many hours of makeup it takes to be, hmm. you know, to get into vision zone or whatever. And he was like, "No, nah, I'm just glad my face is in the film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad I get to be on set for once. I'm always just in a recording studio for two hours. <laughs> and then it, six months later, there's a film. Has anyone got any sort of final thoughts on Avengers at all? Or I was gonna say, I think it would be more interesting to see Ultron as the villain for the third Iron Man because I think that's definitely more. In Iron Man's League, and I think I've been yeah. made for a much more interesting third Iron Man film. But then again, you did bring up the point; it does set up Civil War really well. Sokovia and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, I've got yeah. I've got one bad, and then I'll end on a good point because I don't like to be negative. Yeah. So the the one bad is that Ultra to do with bad pacing, which I think this film has a problem with its pacing. Um, Ultron just upgrades his suit too willy-nilly you know he goes from being the I've got strings broken legion robot to being full Ultron robot when he confronts Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch for the first time he goes from from that to that in like five minutes and then he's a bigger Ultron and then he's a bigger half vibranium Ultron yeah Mm -hmm. and and like it's way too you know whatever that it's it's such a hassle for him to become Vision, but it's not a hassle for him to make a thousand giant Ultron robots. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. What I do like, and we're going to end on a positive note for Ross, I really like Hawkeye in this film. I think he's great. It's what I wish Hawkeye had been all along. It's way closer to the comics version of Hawkeye, which is like, he's like, he's funny in this film. He's the only actual funny, like where the jokes land. Where he's like, you know, jogging around the place where everybody else gets to fly, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit grouchy and. Oh yeah! After he gives and, he gives and, Wanda telling know. off for like not being an Avenger or whatever, and we've mm-hmm. like met his family, so we know mm. that like he's actually risking a lot to be to be there. Yeah. And then yeah, he's just he's like jogging about. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's maybe the it's maybe the representation as well the like the most a Hawkeye ever has a a spot in these films there's a there's a giant theme in this film of 
like what it means to be a human, what it means to be a monster, that Black Widow believes that she's a monster because they sterilised her womb uh, at a young age, and uh, Hulk thinks that he's a monster because when he can't control himself, the Hulk is a monster. And Iron Man, you know, at points thinks he's a monster because he created Ultron. Hawkeye is the only human sort of presence in this film. Mm-hmm. That when he's kicking around, when he's running about, you know, when he gets hurt, he gets hurt, you know. And when Quicksilver risks his life for him, you know, like if, if he dove in front of Thor, it's like, oh, who cares? You know, if he dove in front of Captain America, he's got a shield. But he dove in front of Hawkeye. And we know those bullets would have killed Hawkeye the same way they killed yeah. Quicksilver. Hawkeye's super nice in this film. And I feel like he only gets worse as time goes on. Mm. Considering, and like, he drops in and out of these films after this. Um, partly because of Jeremy Renner's other commitments. Um, being in Mission Impossible and stuff like that. But this is probably the highlight of the, the Hawkeye character who I personally really like. Yeah. Okay, well, one more film to go. Uh, thumbs, thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs down on oh that film? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry, can I didn't mean to... <laughs> Jesus Christ, well, Scott. So... <laughs> anyway, I give it a thumbs down, personally. Um, yeah. I'll give it a thumbs down. Mm. Christy? Sorry. Cool. Uh, I'll give it one thumbs up. Whoa! Oh, just a thumbs up for Lewis. The Lewis thumbs it's up. It's really small. Yeah, Remember, no, he can change his thumb size. Thumb it's a really tiny one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Thumb. Yeah. You can't okay, say that word. Yeah. That's okay. You can bleep me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> going from. Wait, wait, wait! You haven't heard my opinion. Oh, okay, sorry. How rude. Um. Yeah, I would also give it a thumbs down. <laughs> okay. Oh cool. well. Um, but I'm glad we what, that. I mean, I I gave Avengers: Age of Ultron a thumbs down, but do you know what? Spoilers. Do you know what film I might not give a thumbs down to? Is it Captain Ant America? Man. Oh wait, Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, guys. This is why we're a comedy podcast on iTunes. Heck oh, yeah. that's right. We're on iTunes now. Uh, but yeah, so Ant Man, um, Ant Man, Ant Man, Ant Man. Love it, love it, love it. 2015, Paul Rudd. Your faves. Uh, that's what we're that's talking about. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the podcast, guys. <laughs> and also I w- has some of my favourite like comical characters in it. Um, So like Louise. Uh, Louise? 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 Louise. Louise? Louise? I don't know how you Louise. say his name. Louise. Uh, the like Mexican guy friend who is just the best thing ever. I love yeah. him so much as a character. Yeah. It's... it's Louise is, the, is, is a perfect example of subverting expectation. Where you assume this, um, like, minority in terms of in America yeah. figure who robs places and has this crummy apartment, you assume that he's going to be like lowbrow, you know, is a good, I guess, a good way to say it. But he's a character that enjoys wine tasting, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, a big rosé guy or whatever, you know, or you know, I don't like reds, you know, that's super interesting. And he goes to like uh, art exhibitions and he's he's got opinions and stuff like that super interesting character um you know for what this film needed that role to be he's a thousand percent more and a thousand percent better um and and in a film that i think is a great film he's such an amazing standout 
Um, he's fantastic. Yeah, he makes me laugh every time. With even though I've heard his lines like multiple, multiple times, every time he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, I was talking to my my, my friends," uh, and he was like, I, "I can't can't do it justice, of course." But oh, yeah. those little bits, especially at the end of the movie, where he's like, "So does he want to talk to me?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. No, Ant Man for me, like after I watched Age of Ultron in cinemas, I came out and think, and I thought to myself, I was like damn have they just gone back to their old like has marvel was guardians of the galaxy just that one off is this what mm. all sort of marvel films are going to be so i was a wee bit like oh no like i was gutted because guardians of the galaxy to me was never coming back in terms of that's what marvel would never be guardians of the galaxy and then ant-man comes out and i'm like oh this is a really really fun movie it's yeah. just it's just fun yeah i think the plot wise is like and it's small meh. it's small though. the plots yeah. yeah it's small plots yeah. nothing crazy happening yeah but the cast like the, the the comical elements of the cast um so like paul rudd i'm so happy that paul rudd got to be a superhero because yeah paul rudd is like you know this lovely just he's such a i just love him as an actor but he's always like like a, a comedic guy he's never like Nest, well, maybe maybe kind of and clueless, but he's never like the really hot like, yeah. you know, like he doesn't the have same... he doesn't have the same like, uh, vibe that Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, um, you know, all the like big buff superheroes do. Yeah. So the fact that he his character is like the wee guy who gets to be a superhero, very wee, very small, yeah, <laughs> he's that, Ant Man. The, um, the thing as well is. That patented Marvel shot of the superhero being topless for the first time, and they're just like absolutely shredded. Yeah. So Captain America when he when he comes out of the serum machine, or like every scene in Thor, but when he puts on the new T-shirt specifically, mm. when Chris Pratt gets hoses down in the prison in Guardians of the Galaxy, all these shots of like it's just them as swole as possible, like they've been cutting for two days, shredded. Paul Rudd is the sort of actor that, you know, he's done action stuff, but he doesn't get those shots, but he gets it in this film. Yeah. You know, Ant-Man is this, you know, where, where um, what's her name? The Wasp Hope. looks over Hope and, and he's just got his top off and he's he's got like a 14 pack going on. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. What's your thoughts, Christy, on Ant-Man? Your initials? Or... I, I think he's just all right. That's why I was staying a bit quiet there because oh I love it, I love it. I was like, it's like it is like kind of gardens of galaxy. It's like kind of a uh it's kind of new, fresh of fresh air. But like I don't know. I think it tries to be like Gardens of the Galaxy, like it's more on the comedic side. Hmm. But I think comedy's all it's really got going for it, really. Uh, I would have like, to agree in terms of like yeah. I don't find the plot like super exciting, but yeah. I find the characters endearing like, enough that it wins it over for me. See, this yeah. is interesting that you guys are saying like about the plot because I thought the plot was perfect for what it is. Well, no, it's, I, it's, I I agree, but and, I think after I, all the other Marvel, I don't even things, remember the villain. Well, see, uh, who his was name he? is Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Darren Cross. But it's Yellow Jacket. That's, that's his villain. <laughs> He's a bald guy. Yeah. yeah. So. So the the villain is the only part of this film that I don't like. He's way too on the nose evil. Mm. So I I forgot how way on the way too on the nose evil he was until I watched it back again. But they there's a part where it's like the the advertising video for for the for the yellow jacket as a as a weapon, 
and it's way too on the nose like oh you can take out the rival villain you can stop this you can stop that and everything was like oh it's 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 an evil bond villain explaining this plan at the end of the film it's like, he, oh he's too on the nose is he another example of he's just bad just because rich, he is rich guy with a suit yeah. uh, well which they seems give, to be they give it, a... They it's, give a flimsy thing in up. the film. Whoa, you're all speaking at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was my <laughs> no, go, for, go for it, Scott. Go for it. Uh, no, they give a flimsy excuse in the film in the way that the serum that if you don't wear a um, protective helmet or whatever while you're shrinking and growing, then it messes with your mind. So when he shrinks for the first time, apparently just goes nuts. Um, but that's, I don't know, I, that's so flimsy. But I kind of yeah. love him as this Disney villain. I kind of love him as just this, he's just a bad dude and somebody needs to stop him. And Paul Rudd's the guy to do it and I just love that as a concept. I also love that it's a heist yeah. movie. Um, and I think yeah. Marvel should do themselves a solid and keep going for different genres of films. Mm-hmm. We've had action oh, films, yeah. we've had the spy sure. movie, um, we've had a heist movie. I would love to see like you know, where's like the buddy cop movie? Where's the even a rom com? Like, yeah. where's all this? Falcon and someone. Yeah. Captain America. <laughs> yeah, buddy cops. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. Sorry, but carry on. We were all talking at once there, so let's let's rectify that. Oh yeah. What I was gonna say was, I, th- I feel like it was in the last episode now, uh, podcast wise. But when I brought up that Aldrich Killian is just bad because Tony Stark turned him down once yeah uh cross in this film definitely has that going on he's like obviously they they do have that sort of like flimsy exposition thing where oh this you know the the shrinking serum does stuff to your brain if you're exposed to it too long but you know the the initial part the reason that cross goes into that line of work where he would he would be exposed to the shrinking serum is because he wants to do the shrinking stuff with um uh, Hank Pym and Hank Pym says no and he's like oh well I'm just going to do it anyway and I'm going <laughs> to out you from your own company and I'm going to make the best weapon ever and I'm going to every single time I see you I'm going to be super direct and shitty to you and you know it just feels like he's evil because he's evil Yeah, that seems to be evil. a big problem in the second phase especially that the, the, the villains are so underdeveloped and their motives are really really like not very good motives or not very strong motives unlike the first phase i feel like the villains are so much stronger you could see why the way they were and just in this phase you're just like they're just they're just choosing to be bad that's it there's not i can't really like them i can't think they're really cool in any way my only defense would be that whilst they sprout forgettable villains they do that because they devote so much time to creating sure. iconic heroes. Yeah. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy has Ronan and it's like, oh, who cares? But we don't really need to care because we got Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy out of it. Mm-hmm. Cross is a bit forgettable, but we got Ant-Man, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. We got Falcon, you know. What, and one thing I would I will say about Ant-Man is I love the fact, like calling it a small film is, you know, it's funny because it's an Ant-Man. But I also mean that in terms of like all the action sets, because you're shrinking someone down, you're making the ordinary, everyday thing going on the most amazing, wild, chaotic mess. That scene with Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, going down the track <laughs> is one of the most creative action scenes I think we've seen from all of Marvel. Um, even more, like even more so than I'd say, like some of the you know 
there's the the Hulkbuster fight. Yeah, it's this big action set, but of course it is. It's the Hulk fighting Iron Man. But to shrink people down and to have them shooting lasers and to battle on top of a Tom's the Tank engine. And then this absolute genius yeah. beat where Tom's Tank engine runs into Yellow Jacket. But obviously, it just stops and falls over because it's a little plastic train. I absolutely—it's <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then when Tom's tank engine comes out of the window and then grows and its like eyes are rolling around oh, its head. Terrified. I'm, I am now terrified of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> but it's but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I just think it's—I just think it's an absolute genius film when it comes to setting up its action. What I would say as well is going back to that sort of Marvel builds the base well first you like becoming ant-man such an extreme thing that that uh that paul rudd's character goes through in like a couple of days canonically but it builds up the reason why so obviously he gets out of prison it shows how hard it is for an ex-convict to get a job like in actual america you know places that want to hire ex-convicts even when they're fine you know like he's got a master's or whatever and he's also uh, a parent to a kid that now has a stepdad that they live with the stepdad and, and he's this super cool police guy he's he's an honorable man he's he's a good figure in her life yeah and he's losing his daughter you know to this new family almost and he's fighting for visitation rights and he's he's desperate he's at the end of his his, his role but he's not just going to throw himself into anything he's still very specific he's still very protective and coupling Paul Rudd's story in this film of this dad on the edge with Hank Pym's storyline of the dad that made the wrong decision before who's trying to give a second chance to someone else. Super awesome. Their their interactions through this movie are fantastic, I think. I love the little girl that plays his daughter as well. I think she's so funny. Oh, sh- yeah. I think she's such a good actor. Like, when she gets given the bunny at her birthday party and she's like, he's so ugly. I love him. <laughs> I just... <laughs> It warms my heart. Well, I will say it's, it's really nice to see it in, in any film, I guess. This sort of step-parent coming in and the family is just nice. They're a nice family. Apart from, like, giving up visitation rights, but at the same time, if he's been a convict for a number of years, I kind of get that aspect to it as well. Like, the family's not really framed as the villain, which I quite appreciate. And then by the end, they're all sitting around. And the by the end, they're all. And the stepdad's not like a bad guy. Like Ross said, the stepdad's mm-hmm. a nice guy. And that's, on average, that's what a family is. Like, yeah. you know, if you're yeah. if you're a single parent or you've got like a step parent there, normally the step parent's lovely. You know what I mean? It is. Don't get me wrong, there's obviously cases that here, there, and everywhere. But yeah. It's just nice to see this functioning family that has the. the that the biological father is not part of that family unit anymore, but he still is. He comes and visits. He shares, you know, shares dinner and stuff with him at the end. And it's not like he's trying to get back with the mum or anything. Exactly. Like that as well. They've everyone's moved on in the yeah. correct, healthy way, and that's just lovely, isn't it? Lovely to see films it's reflect nice. real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 really like the, the the sort of emotional beats that are at the center of this film. I really like the reveal as well. They danced around the subject for the first like hour, but the reveal that Hank Pym lost his wife mm. in a yeah. what, quantum realm in the quantum realm, which comes into almost. play in in Ant Man and the Wasp. It's spoilers. Seen I've, it. seen I've, that never yet. Seen, spoilers. <gasps> I've never seen. I've never seen it. Yeah, well, I always get that one as well. It. it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, it's awful. 
what I would say as well, talking no about how I like, I like individual scenes, but this one had a story. So I went to Disneyland Paris, uh, the sort of like Christmas time before this came out, I think, or like the summertime before this came out, and they had an experience there set up in one of the little tiny cinema rooms, where it was eleven minutes of Ant Man in four DX sort of experience, mm-hmm. uh, but like. It was like eight months before the film came out. It must have just been like, oh, they finished this so that they could have this sort of promotional advertisement in their own park. But it was the scene where Ant-Man, as Paul Rudd, shrinks for the first time in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to the party and then he goes to the, uh, the Hoover part, yep. you know, and then he flies outside and it's raining. And that, before I'd seen any Ant-Man stuff in... 4DX was absolutely incredible. I think I did it like 12 times. It was really cool. Um, and speaking, com- comparing it to Scott's story, which was like going into this, he was like, oh, have Marvel just lost it? I experienced that 4DX Ant-Man thing pretty soon after seeing Ultron. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, so it was just a it was just a little speed bump. I was fine. So I went into Ant-Man with high expectations and it still, it still delivered, you know? Lovely. Um, again, we're we're now at the hour mark, so we're gonna have <laughs> oh, to round this Jesus podcast Christ. up. Um, so we're gonna have to say final thoughts. Our we final, well, yeah, our, our thumbs, thumbs Someone... up, thumbs down. <laughs> oh, right. I guess we've got, got to get the, the scale in. So yeah, thumbs up, thumbs uh, down, feed people. Well, I'm a thumbs up. I'll give it two thumbs up. Mm. I really like it. It's it's a film that I I hadn't seen in a while. Like I saw it when it came out. I saw the the 40x thing, but watching it last night was the first time that I'd seen it in years and I'm really, really a big fan of that film. So I'm going to give that one two thumbs up. Whoa, Christy? Christy? The patented two thumbs up. Is it possible to give it a middle thumbs? Like, so... Whoa. I guess that'd be Center, no thumb. Bang average, middle okay. thumbs. Sorry. Okay. Christy, did you not give Ultron a little thumbs up? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Is this worse yeah. than Ultron? Fine, I'll, I'll, I'll give it off a wee there we go. thumbs up. <laughs> But only a wee one. Only a wee one. Slightly bigger than Ultron, though. Let Christy decide. No, no. He (laughs) Uh, gets no opinion. Put words in his mouth. I give this this a thumbs up. I think it's fantastic, the film. I think it's a smaller film, and I think that's what Marvel needed. Marvel needed a small film, and they released a small film. It was great. Loved it. Yeah. Well, I guess that, that concludes our episode um thanks so for again, joining us guys thank you for joining us boys thank you for yeah me. thank you very much for having us uh ross you'll probably see you next week christy we might see you again in the future if you'd like maybe. to come Hell back yeah. <laughs> no promises <laughs> yeah maybe in another series who knows maybe. who knows and thanks everyone for listening at home as well yeah um we have an email address if you'd like to get in contact with us um scott as always what is that email address that email address i'm getting better at this is flatchatpod at gmail.com yep. again that email again is flatchatpod at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, so if you'd but like to send any suggestions of what you'd like to hear from us in the future there, do you think there's anyth- anywhere else that people can get in contact Kat? Uh, anywhere else? what about Facebook? is there a Facebook page? oh wow yeah there's a Facebook page that Scott's made so <laughs> you, probably find, you can find speaking us speaking about words in someone's mouth yeah you can find us on um, the Flat Chat Podcast and if you also type that into itunes spotify soundcloud 
a variety of other sound tune in even tune in so you can listen to us on like you know if, if you've got a, a small business that's not closed at the moment that would be crazy but you can also listen to us there um and sorry cat i rudely interrupted if you want to <sighs> ask us any questions or if you want to send us any suggestions of things you'd like to hear in the future please email us at flatchatpod at gmail.com or any comments or you know if you also want christy back like the 42 emails that I've had this week about Chrissy coming back. If you want that, yep. then just, uh, yeah, then send us a wee bit. Yeah, so thank you for joining us, and we're going to say goodbye now. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.